Now, we are in a series of talks on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. How many of you have been with us? It's been a rich time. All right, we, we are having a great time walking through this. And here's, here's why we're doing it. We're doing it because Jesus said this in John 16, verse 7. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I'm going away. Jesus said this. It is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the advocate will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. The living God, Jesus, walking on the earth said, hey, you know what? It's a good thing that I am about to ascend to heaven because as I ascend to heaven, the Holy Spirit is going to descend upon all of you. And Jesus said this in Acts 1.8, you'll receive power. Everybody say power. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. The Holy Spirit has been given to us to help us, to guide us, to speak to us, to give us power and strength as we navigate through life. And what we've been doing over the past few weeks is we've been walking through 1 Corinthians 12, which is a passage of Scripture where the writer of Corinthians, the Apostle Paul, is explaining to the church in Corinth and in turn to us how the Holy Spirit manifests himself through the people of God. And this is what 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4 says. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There's different kinds of working, but in all of them and in every one, it's the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there's given the Spirit of the message of wisdom, to another, a message of knowledge by means of the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by, one of this, by, by that one spirit. And to another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. And all these are the work of one and the same spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Everybody say, all gifts are good gifts. Let's say it again. We're not watching golf. Some of you are a little nervous. All gifts are good gifts. And today, we are going to be looking at the gift of distinguishing between spirits, also called the gift of discernment. The gift of discernment. Um, now, some of you guys know this. I've been married for almost 20 years. Crazy, man. Yeah, thanks for clapping. I appreciate that. Been married for almost 20 years, and I have to say that being married is the best thing that's ever happened to me. My wife is an extraordinary human. Uh, she's amazing. I jokingly say I'm still waiting for her to sin. Um, she seems to do no wrong. Uh, she, she's always right. She always responds right. At times, extremely frustrating as someone who doesn't always respond right. Uh, but she is amazing. Being married to her has been an absolute joy. And you know what? She's really helped me develop the gift of discernment in my life. And here's what I mean. Um, but before I got married, so silly. I know this is like so silly. I thought I just needed to listen to what was being said 
to understand what Liz was saying. I know, uh, silly, right? Like, I thought, like, if I just listen to the words that she's saying, then I will have understanding to what it is that she is saying. But when I got married, okay, I realized that I also needed to understand what was being implied, okay? It, just the old, that is what I said, but you should have known what I meant, right? Like, th- this is... This was new. Like my, my first year being married, I was like, oh, wow. Okay, I didn't know. I didn't know that I needed to listen and I needed to like try to get in between the lines on what it is that you're saying to really fully understand what it is that you were saying. And then I found out that I also was going to be held accountable for the understanding and the comprehension and the obedience to a look that had no words attached to it at all. Like this, when I, I didn't know that you could have a conversation with someone and then be held accountable with what they perceived that you said without even saying a word. This was all new to me. I didn't know. Like, you know, I, I had no idea. And we, we were leading a life group. We had just gotten married. We were leading a life group together. And I could just tell that she was super mad at me. And I'm kind of doing kind of the, you know, running through the system in my brain, you know, like, okay, what did I do? What did I say? You know, and I'm just dumbfounded. Like, I was like, I don't know what I did. Like, what, what did I do? And so we, we get in the car to leave, to, to go back home. And I'm like, babe, are we good? And she was like, yes. And I was like, oh, good, man. I thought you were mad at me. And she goes, I am. And I was like, but. So you're mad at me, but we're good? So does that mean we're okay? And she's like, yes. I was like, okay. So we're good, but you're mad. We're okay. And then she said, you were talking too much in life group. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Why didn't you say something? She said, I did. I was like, well, when? When did you say? She was like, I looked at you. I gave you a look, and you should have known that that look meant shut up. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm so sorry. Like, I, so you, okay, so you looked at me, and I didn't understand the look. And now I'm in trouble because you didn't say anything, but I should have understood what you said because of what you didn't say. And she was like, exactly. And I was like, from that point on, I'm going to be confused for the rest of my life. Like confusion is going to be like a normal part of just life with Liz because I'm going to be held accountable to things she didn't even say. Now, I'm joking, of course, you know, like Liz and I always understand each other, <laughs> right? We never have had miscommunication at all. No, here's the thing, like you, you know this, especially in communication, there is always more being said than what's being said. Like our nonverbal communication oftentimes is more important than our verbal communication, right? We know this when it comes to communication, that there is more things being said than what is actually being said. And now I want you to hear me. 
There is more going on in the spirit than what we understand on the surface as well. There's more happening in the spirit realm than what is on the surface, uh, uh, of what we understand to be on the surface as well. And not understanding and discerning what is happening in the unseen realm is like walking through life being nearsighted. Like I'm nearsighted. So when I don't have my contacts in or I don't have my glasses in, I can't see things that are much further than right in front of my face. And walking through life, not understanding that there is an unseen realm that is happening is like walking through life being nearsighted. You see kind of what's happening, but there's so much more going on that it's not clear in front of you. Now, now here's a simple explanation of what the gift of discernment is. It's understanding or knowing something through the power of the Holy Spirit. It's understanding and knowing something through the power of the Holy Spirit. It could be getting some insight into the true character of someone that you're interacting with. Have you ever been in a meeting with someone and you just get a sense that maybe there's something else going on that you need to be aware of? It can feel like caution or like, oh, I don't know. I just don't feel like I, right? Have you, there's more going on than what we can often see, right? It can also be the Holy Spirit shining some light into what's happening in the spirit realm. And he can show us what could be affecting and what we are experiencing in the natural realm. I want you to listen to Ephesians 6 verse 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities and against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Let me read that again because I want us to really go deeper into what Ephesians 6 is telling us. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. All right, so look, let's lean in. There are two realms that we experience this side of heaven. There's the earthly realm, the natural realm. This is the realm that we can see, taste, touch, right? And this realm is temporary. This is a temporary reality for us. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 16 says, Therefore, We do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away. Yet inwardly we're being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that outweighs them all. So fix our eyes, so we fix our eyes not on what is seen, the earthly realm, the temporary realm, but on what is unseen. The heavenly realm, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Now, the Greek word that's used throughout the Bible when we're talking about the heavenly realm literally means the sphere of spiritual activity. The sphere of spiritual activity. We can't see it. We can't hear it. We can't 
touch it. And because of that, at times, it's hard for us to wrap our mind around it. But just because we don't fully understand it doesn't mean that we can ignore it. Can I get an amen? Just because we don't fully understand it doesn't mean that we can ignore it. Jesus said in Matthew 16 that I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. The earth realm and the heavenly realm we experience differently here on earth. But they are connected. They're connected so much so that Jesus said that what's happening up here can affect down here. And what you're declaring down here can affect what's flowing from up here. Whatever you loose in heaven will be loosed on earth. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. The realms are different. They're unique. We experience them differently, but they are connected. Here's what I mean. Have you ever walked into a room and all of a sudden gotten hit with some deep feelings of accusation or resentment or dislike for somebody that you've never met? You walk in, and then all of a sudden, you see someone, and in that moment, you have made a decision about who they are, what they're about, and what they stand for. It's almost as if you walked into something that was flying around in the room, and now your thought that wasn't in your mind before is now consuming you and affecting how you're going to behave. There are things happening in the spirit. The devil is constantly lying and spitting lies, trying to steal, kill, and destroy and divide all that God has for us. That's happening. Our fight is not against flesh and blood, but it's against the rulers in the spirit realm. And so we at times can walk into a situation and begin to feel things that are not real. Have you ever been having a great day and you're joyful and you're like singing in the rain? You know, you're having one of those days where you woke up on the right side of the bed. You're feeling great. Your coffee came out great. You pulled a great shot, right? That's one thing that can determine how my day is going to go. How well did I execute the espresso shot that I'm trying to, right? Everything's going perfect. None of your kids fight in the morning. That in and of itself is a miracle, you have a peaceful morning. Everybody's like, and one of your kids even offers to help another one of your kids. Revival. Revival has happened. You know, when everything's going just awesome, you're like, "Woo, man, God is real. He's here. And then you go for a walk in your neighborhood, and then all of a sudden you are hit with a hopelessness that you have no words for. It's almost like you walk into it. And you go from singing in the rain to wanting to cuss in the rain? Come on, anybody want to be honest at church? Right? We live on the earthly realm, but we experience the spirit realm. 
And so we can walk into things that don't belong to us. We, we can feel things, experience things, think things that did not orient or, or did not originate from us. They're flying around in the spirit realm trying to steal, kill, destroy, divide, and bring chaos and uncertainty on earth because the enemy's plan is to rob us of experiencing the fullness of what God has for us. In life, in relationships, And so this is the power of the gift of discernment for us. The power of the gift of discernment is that we don't just have to be those who experience life. We get to understand what's happening in the spirit realm and speak truth into what we feel. Ooh, I wish you heard what I said. We don't just have to walk around and wonder if we're going to have a great day. We can have insight in the spirit and understand how to attack the enemy who's trying to attack you. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5 says that we demolish arguments, every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Anything that comes on you, at you, or even at times might feel like it comes from within you that does not line up with the truth of who you are in Christ is not yours to carry. Anything that comes at you, on you, or sometimes feels like comes from within you that does not line up with the truth of who Jesus says that you are, it is not for you to carry. Some of those things come from the world, the flesh, and the devil. But hear me, where they come from, this is so important, where they come from is not as important of you understanding and discerning what you need to do with them. We need to take our thoughts captive and bring them in a line in obedience with Christ. Because just because you feel something doesn't mean that you have to carry it. Just because you feel it doesn't mean you have to believe it. Just because you thought it doesn't mean it's true. Everything we feel is not real. If you remember anything, remember that. Everything we feel is not real. We're going to feel all sorts of things. We're going to experience all sorts of things. And we are to bring all of those things in alignment with Christ. And that's how we distinguish what's good and what's evil. We bring it to Jesus and we say, Jesus, I need discernment about what is happening around me, maybe what's happening in me. I need you to give me some insight from the Holy Spirit about what's happening in the heavenly realm that's affecting the earthly realm. Because they're different, but they're connected. Now, this is big for all of us, but let me just talk to the moms and the dads for three minutes. 
I'm going to get on a bit of a soapbox here, so just bear with me. Mom and dad, this is huge. This is huge that you understand that you have to disciple your children into how to have discernment about what they're feeling. Because the society that we live in today has created a reality that what you feel is not just real, what you feel can trump what is real. So we don't just have a thought anymore. That thought then becomes a breadcrumb that's leading me to my destiny. My humble opinion, this is why there's so much chaos and legitimately some studies are saying the greatest outbreak of mental health issues and gender confusion in, his, in the history of the world and people between the ages of 18 and 30. Why? Because we have told them, society has told them that what you feel is real. And every thought that you have is not random, but it's a breadcrumb. So if you walk into a room and there's a weird spiritual environment going on, and then all of a sudden you get hit with a weird thought and you start to question who God made you to be, that is not something that you make obedient to Christ. You ignore Christ and say, I'm going to be obedient to a thought. And so it is important, it is imperative that we're discipling our kids on how to discern what it is that they're experiencing. How to discern it. How to bring their thoughts to the Lord. And say, Jesus, would you speak into this? Would you give me clarity in this? And mom and dad, you're there to help them get clarity as they're developing. Right? We don't let people vote on who's going to be president until they're 18 years old. Why? Because we know that they don't, are not making fully good decisions yet. They're still being developed in their brain on what's happening. So don't let your 11-year-old dictate to you who they think they are. We say, okay, let's bring this to Jesus. Let's bring it to Jesus. Let's let him speak to who you really are. And let's see him allow these thoughts to become obedient to him. And in that place, we will get extraordinary strength to fight the fight that we're called to fight. What we feel is not always real. And we have to know this in our knower because society is pushing up against this truth. And I'm so thankful to be alive today to be somebody who can say, but Jesus has another way. I'm so thankful, man. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that we are not sent out without weapons and power to be able to understand what's going on so that we can see maybe what's happening in the unseen that's affecting what we are experiencing in the scene. The stuff that's flying around in the unseen 
at times is going to want us to be pulling us away from who God says that we are. But we have to demolish those arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and take every thought, every thought, and make it obedient to Christ. We're going to think things, feel things, and want to say things that we need to demolish. That we need to take captive and we need to demolish them. No thought and no feeling is going to take me captive. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Jesus is taking me captive. And so I'm going to take my thoughts and my feelings captive and bring them to him. I'm not going to become a captive to my thought and my feeling. Are you with me? Listen to Ephesians 2 verse 1. As for you... You were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the enemy, the devil, and the the one who's lying to you in the heavenly realms, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts like the rest. We were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace that you've been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming age he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. You know what this passage of Scripture is telling us? It's telling us that we are thermostats. We are not thermometers. How many of you have ever heard that before? We are thermostats. We're not thermometers. As followers of Jesus, we adjust the atmosphere. We don't just take the temperature of the atmosphere. Oh, this is real to me this morning because my air conditioner broke on Friday. Bad time for your AC to go out. All right? So last night when I woke up covered in sweat, I was a thermometer. It's hot in here. This is horrible. Then you're mad at all the AC people that are booked out, you know? You're like, somebody leave an appointment for me, right? But here's the thing. Knowing that it's hot is not the same as saying, I'm going to adjust the temperature in this place. I can walk into a room and be like, ooh, man, this feels like weird. This feels off. This feels angry. This feels like division. This feels like ugh. Or I can walk into a room and feel that and go, ooh, what I loose in heaven is loosed on earth. You see the difference? What I bind on earth is bound in heaven. So I walk into the same environment, and instead of just acknowledging, oh, man, this is weird, I can take that atmosphere captive by the power of the Holy Spirit, and through discernment, I can speak truth to what is happening and see that atmosphere change. This is the cool part about being a follower of Jesus, man, is that we get to walk around and not just go, oh, wow, this is a weird environment. We get to make every environment a heaven environment. And if we believe this, man, I'm telling you, we're going to see some revival break out. 
when we believe that we can walk into our office and say, you know what, this is going to be a kingdom place. This is going to be a kingdom place. And we're aware of how it's not, not so that we can run from it, but so that we can attack it. The spirit of discernment is given to us not so that we can stay away from darkness. It's given to us so that we can run after darkness and say, get out of here. The light has come. Look, I am becoming, I I was talking to my kids, all right, and, and they were telling me about all the chaos that's going on and a lot of the stuff that's pushed by the teachers in their middle school, all right? And so I have two responses. I could just sit back and be like, oh, that's a bummer. I'll pray for you. Or I can say, you know what? I'm going to put myself into their school so I can change the environment. So guess what? I became a substitute teacher. That's what I did. I became a substitute teacher. All right? So I'm now a substitute teacher at their school. And when I'm there, I'm on an atmosphere-changing mission. That's why I'm there. I'm taking, this, I'm taking this school. I'm taking it on. Right? I'm saying, no, it's not darkness. It's not confusion. It's not going to reign here. Clarity is going to reign here. Truth is going to reign here. And it doesn't take an army. It takes a person. Are you hearing what I'm saying? We, we, get, we get insight into what's going on so that we can then bring light into that place. Now, let me just be clear. Everything that happens to you here on earth, every thought, every bad thing, it's not always necessarily demonic. Okay, let me, let me just be clear. We live in a broken world. So crazy stuff just happens because sin is in the root system of what it is that we exist in. All right, so I'm not saying that everything that you're going through right now is like a demonic attack. No, sometimes you just need to repent. You know, some of the trouble we find ourselves in is because we put ourselves there. It's uncomfortable to own that. But sometimes we're like, oh, the devil is taking all my money. Or you made a lot of foolish financial decisions, and you're living in the repercussions of your bad choices. Right? I mean, that's just, the, it's not always the devil's hitting, hitting you up. Sometimes you hit yourself in the face. All right, that's just the facts of life. But it's foolish for us to walk through life and not understand that there is a war going on. There is a battle going on. And here's the thing, how we get this discernment. You know, the gifts of the Spirit, I like to think of them as like a muscle. If I'm not actively engaging them and actively seeking them and actively practicing them, they're going to kind of begin to atrophy in me. And I'm just not going to be as alive to them as if I were constantly practicing them in my daily life. Hebrews 5 verse 11 actually tells us this. It says, about this we have so much to say and it's hard to explain since you have become dull of hearing. This is a really encouraging passage. Just, you know, if you want to be encouraged, write this one down. For by this time, you ought to be teachers, and you need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. Basically, the writer of Hebrews is like, you keep hearing this stuff, but you're not practicing this stuff. So instead of being those who can now teach others, you still need people to teach you. 
You need milk and not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature. Now listen, for those who have their power of discernment trained. Have their power of discernment trained by consistent practice to demolish, to distinguish, excuse me, to distinguish good from evil. Our power of discernment is trained through constant practice. Through constant practice. So how do we do that? How do we practice it? How do we get it into our system? Everything that you feel, think, or decision that you make, bring it to Jesus. And say, God, would you speak to me in this moment? Can you help me see what I can't see? I was talking to actually Pastor Andrew, our college pastor here, and, and he was telling me that actually growing up, his parents would include him and his siblings in major decision-making that they would do as a family, even from a young age. And they would all take a season and pray, and they would write down what they felt like the Lord was speaking to them about the decision, and they would come together as a family and talk through what God was speaking to all of them. And it was their parents were wanting to train them on how to be those who walk in discernment. Because your gift of discernment, it needs to be trained in you. It needs to be built up in you. Now, look, here's the thing. I understand at the same time, some of you are like, man, this is all new to me. How do I even, like, how am I even supposed to know if I'm hearing the voice of God? Like, how, how do I know? How am I, how do I even learn how to begin to practice the gift of discernment? Now, listen to what Jesus says in John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. God is speaking to you and we just need to practice hearing him. And how we do that is that we take time every day and we say, God, would you speak to me? And then you wait in silence. And here's what I do. I write down everything that pops into my brain and anything in that cops into my brain that doesn't line up with the truth of who God's called me to be or the truth of who Jesus is, then I'm like, you know what? That's not God. And through that, I learned to distinguish the voice of the world, the flesh, and the devil and the voice of my heavenly father. Like in college, I'll end with this story. In college, I got into triathlons. Now, not like Pastor Chris Paget, who is dropping his kids off at college today, uh, who does like Ironmans, not me, okay? Um, I don't know if you can tell from my physique, I was not built for speed, all right? I was built for power. And so, um, or at least that's what I tell myself, makes me feel better about being stocky, is that you're just like I was built for power. Power of what? Don't know, still figuring it out, but definitely wasn't built for speed. But I got into triathlons and um, I, I did them with my roommates and then we just had, we had a great time. And, and if you don't know what a triathlon is, it's a, it's a swim, a bike, and a run for a certain amount of distance. That's, you put them all together, and it's one race. And uh, what I didn't know when I first got into triathlons was that really they should say it's like an MMA street fight, then a bike, and then a run. Because the swim is like a no-holds-barred, I'm-going-to-drown-you-kick-you-punch-you chaotic moment and all of this was, you know, it's like three, two, one, go. And you're like with hundreds of people and they're trying to beat you up and hold you underwater. And you're like, wait, I thought this was like, I thought we're all here having fun. You know, like, so, 
But as I was in that very first swim, experiencing this like beating and this chaos, every time I took a breath, I could clearly hear my dad's voice. Now, if those of you who haven't met my dad, we call him Papa Griff. He is like the white Terry Crews. He's this, he's this massively strong guy that also is this like all heart and just like super tender. And, and like I, I have not done anything significant in my life without my parents being there to cheer me on. And so, of course, they show up at this triathlon, and I'm swimming, and every breath that I take in the midst of this chaos, I can, I, it's like I only hear my dad. And he's like, come on, Jay! No one's tougher than you, Jay! Kick him back, Jay! You know what I mean? Like, like every breath, every time I took my head out of the water, I could clearly hear my dad. Now, here's the thing. It, in the moment, it wasn't that spectacular because I'm hearing my dad cheer me on, and I'm like, wow, that's so cool. But then when I got out of the water and I looked at the scene and realized that he is one guy in a sea of hundreds of people that are all screaming at the same time. And I remember running and getting on my bike and taking off on the bike and literally thinking to myself, how in the world, in the middle of the chaos of the dogfight of a triathlon swim, as well as in the, in the sea of hundreds of other screaming people, how in the world was I able to hear my dad? And not just hear my dad, but like clearly hear what my dad was saying. And then it hit me. It's because for my entire life, I have tuned my ears to the sound of my dad's voice. For years, I tuned my ears for when my dad said something, I could hear it. So when I found myself in a chaotic situation with a lot of background noise and experienced a lot of chaos, it didn't matter all the other voices that were shouting. It didn't matter all the things that were being said. It didn't matter the people that were trying to hold me underwater. It didn't matter the person that kicked me in the face. I could hear my dad. God has that for you today. That in the chaos of the dogfight of your life, that we can attune our ears to him in such a way that it doesn't matter what we're going through. We can hear what he's saying to us. And he's leading us and he's showing us, hey, this is what's happening in the unseen that might be affecting what's going on in the scene. And so don't begin to fight this person. I, I need you to begin to attack this spirit because this is what's going on because God's speaking to us and he's giving us a gift of discernment so that we can distinguish between the spirits of what is good and what is evil so that we can walk through life as thermostats and not thermometers, amen? Why don't you jump to your feet? Because I believe Jesus wants to meet some of us today in a very powerful way. If you're here this morning and you're like, man, you know what? I need the gift of discernment in a fresh way. I'm in the middle of a dog fight in life. There's a lot of chaos going on in my world. Whatever it is, and you're like, man, I need the spirit of God. I need the voice of God to get loud in my ears. I want you just to raise your hands to heaven because I want to pray for you. Jesus, we invite you. 
right now, we invite you here. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you give us a gift of discernment to be able to distinguish what's good and what's evil, to be able to understand what's happening in the unseen realm. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm asking right now for my friends, every hungry heart to receive right now in a fresh way clarity from heaven, that their ears would be attuned to your voice, that they begin to hear you, they begin to hear your voice, begin to respond to you so that they can be obedient to what you're doing and not just get lost in what the world is doing. In Jesus' mighty name.